Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There was this one brand who sent me an offer and it was the biggest offer I've ever been sent. You know, life-changing type offer. And it was for sponsored content. And there's some products that I really do love from the brand, but other products that I'm not really a fan of. And... I looked at the overall kind of like conversation in my comment section surrounding this specific brand and it just didn't resonate with my audience at all. And I'm like, look, you know, even though I'm okay with some of the products and I like some of the formulas, my audience doesn't. And if I were to you talk about this or promote it, my audience would not be happy. So I had to pull out of that deal. It's not worth it to take on deals or partnerships with companies that don't emulate your standards. Trust is the most important thing. I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome Welcome to to Los Angeles. Angeles. Every week we break down the most important beauty news and launches, interview your favorite beauty experts, influencers, and celebrity guests, and review our favorite beauty products of the moment as your beauty editor BFFs from the beautiful and great city of Los Angeles. Welcome Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. Happy Friday, Kirby. Welcome back from Texas. Thank you. Thank you so much. Will you be going to Texas next week? (laughs) (laughs) Just every week for the rest of the year. Yeah. I'm glad I went back to Texas. I got to spend some time with my parents and my brother. I had not seen my parents in 18 months. I hadn't seen my brother in two years. What? Like almost two years. It was very upsetting. So... We got to hang out. Patrick sadly couldn't come because we didn't know what to do with Quinn. And we were scared to take her on a plane for fear she would just be barking the whole time. And I can't, I would need to be sedated to handle her. I really think that you guys should book a quick flight to Palm Springs, fly to San Francisco, see how Quinn does. I guarantee you she will surprise you and she will be a very good girl. Yeah, we'll (laughs) see about that. I'm going to need some heavier drugs to deal with that. Yeah. Anyways... We're so excited because today we have a guest who has been suggested nonstop and for good reason because he is like the biggest skin influencer of the moment by far. He surpasses everybody else. Mm-hmm. He's actually relatively new. He started his channel in 2017 on YouTube, which I think is really interesting. But like you said, Kirby, in the interview with him, even though he started in 2017, the amount of content that he has created across channels is like incredible. Yeah. He has like 10 years worth of content and five. Exactly. So our guest today is Hiram Yarbrough. And I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't know what to expect. Okay. I think that he is cute But I also know that like, you know, he's a YouTuber. So I wasn't quite sure, okay, like, is he going to be full of himself? Is he going to have these ideas of beauty and skincare that are being perpetuated? They're actually like not based in fact. I personally was pleasantly surprised 
He's a little muffin. He's a little muff. I love him. So sweet. He is very knowledgeable and very relatable and approachable, which is why I think he became as big as he is today and why the youths love Hiram. Like, because he keeps it very real. And when he doesn't know something or when he misspeaks, he is not afraid to, you know, correct himself and be like, sorry, I was wrong. Yes. And he has said before that he is not someone that you should be seeking out over like an esthetician or a dermatologist. Everything comes from his personal point of view. But he is fairly knowledgeable. And he came on the podcast today because if you follow him, you know this, he launched his own brand in partnership with The Inky List, a brand that Sarah and I both love and have talked about many a time on this podcast. It's called Selfless by Hiram. And there's what, four or five products in the launch and all of the launches go towards helping a cause, like a greater good, Mm -hmm. which he is going to dive into. So If you're curious about Hiram and his upbringing and kind of what shaped him and how he got started and obsessed with skincare, he's going to talk about that. He's Mormon, so we dive into Mormonism. Sarah and I were talking prior to interviewing him about how interesting it is that so many accomplished, excellent beauty experts in the space grew up Mormon. So we definitely asked him a little bit about that. And then He is going to break down all of the products in the launch and why he felt necessary. It was necessary to partner with the Inky List. And I think y'all's mouths will be on the floor when you hear how many emails he gets a week for sponsorships. It is wild. Wild. I was shooketh to my core. Say it with me. Okay. Anyways, Hiram's adorable. We are fully stands of little Hiram. Little Hiram. He's like 25 years old. I know. Sorry, Hiram. <laughs> I get like little brother vibes from him, you know? Oh my God. Absolutely. I would love if he was my little brother. He's adorable. So I think y'all are going to fall in love with Hiram just as we did if you aren't already. So enjoy the interview. Hiram, welcome to Los Angeles. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) He cupped his face. He was like all cute. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is a big get, so we're kind of patting ourselves on the back here, Hiram. (laughs) Not at all. I'm honestly so honored to be on here. I think what you guys are doing is so cool, and it's a really big honor, so thank you for having me. So we like to kick off every episode with a serious question called what's on your face so Hiram tell us what are you loving and wearing right now yes so my morning routine is relatively simple I guess what I'm wearing right now my nice and mind and Marcuja barrier support moisturizer that was just released today so very exciting and then I'm wearing the bliss block star spf 30 Yes. Oh my gosh. That is an amazing sunscreen. I'm wearing that too right now. Really? Yes. I am obsessed with it. The second I found it, I was like, where have you been all my life? It's a really good sunscreen. It really is. And you know, it does have that slight tint to it. And it says it's universal, which I'm always a little skeptical of, but 
I have been piling this on my face and it really does not leave a cast, which is kind of shocking to me. I know, right? Yeah, I was blown away and it's just the right amount of tint. Like I feel like a lot of sunscreens can sometimes have a little bit too intense of a tint or just too intense of a white cast. I feel it's like that perfect balance. Amazing. I just need to say that I put on the moisturizer this morning and I love how lightweight it feels and it feels super hydrating still. I have really dry skin and I feel like it's perfect for summer. I'm in love. Thank you. Of course. I'm so glad you got it. It's such a cool consistency and texture. Honestly, the first time I ever felt the feel of the moisturizer, I was blown away because I was like, it has this cooling sensation to the skin. It's super lightweight, but it doesn't feel like it's invisible or it just like sinks mm-hmm. in and doesn't do anything. I'm glad you like it. I love that product. You're a big fan of niacinamide, correct? Yes, correct. Was that like one ingredient that you were like, I need to have this in my moisturizer? Yes. I think a lot of people have gotten on the niacinamide train, rightfully so. I think it's an incredible ingredient, but a lot of people have, you know, their dedicated niacinamide serums or it's present in some of their other serum formulas. I really struggle to find niacinamide in a moisturizer formula. So that's really what the mindset was of this. And because the moisturizer is focused around barrier support, niacinamide has some great data and ability to be able to, you know, really just support the health of the moisture barrier. So in addition to the other ingredients I use, I wanted to basically create a moisturizer that contributed to the health of the skin every single day without you needing to go in with a super thick, rich, heavy barrier repair moisturizer and still, you know, getting that lightweight, nice gel moisturizer experience. I'm glad that it's lightweight because Sarah and I are the yin and the yang. So she's very, very dry and I'm very, very oily. Oh, really? Yeah. And so Sarah saying that she likes this lightweight moisturizer, that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually amazing because you can find lots of barrier repair moisturizers for very dry skin. It's hard to find anything like that for more oily skin. But that makes me really happy that you like it, even though you have dry skin, because even a member of my team, she struggles with really bad eczema. And so when I first let her try the formula, she woke up in the morning and her boyfriend was like, what did you do to your skin? It looks so much better. And I was like, no way. And she has dry eczema prone skin. So it's cool to see how it's working for like so many different skin types. Because truthfully, I really did make it for people with a little bit more combination to oily skin in mind as far as consistency wise. Oh my God. Well, Kirby, you're going to have to try it. I feel like you're going to love it too. I know. I have the box. I have to get through it. Like I'm so excited to try all of the different products, which yeah. I know when this goes live, all of them will be revealed. Yes. So we'll be able to talk about them throughout the app. Okay. So your upbringing, I think is really interesting. You have such an incredible story. Definitely not a story where something like a platform was just handed to you, you really had to work hard for it and go through a lot of really interesting experiences to get to where you are. I researching you before you came on, I was truly fascinated learning about you. Oh, thank you. It's not only interesting, but I feel like it's maybe why you felt so accepted by YouTube. Like YouTube is your home. And I know that there was that article recently that was like, Gen Z's skin savior. YouTube is his home. Like YouTube saved me. And obviously, you know, headlines are headlines, but I'm curious, Mm -hmm. how did you fall in love with skincare? And how do you think that made you feel most at home on YouTube? Yeah. So great question. I was never exposed to skincare growing up, grew up on a cattle ranch. So cosmetics and skincare were really just 
not things people really like talked about or focused on. And so I never really knew the benefits of skincare up until I was in college. And I really started struggling with premature aging pretty badly. I had wrinkles in my forehead, around my eyes, to the point that my friends were coming up to me and saying like, Hiram, you should maybe check out the benefits of skincare. You know, you're aging a little <laughs> fast. And I'm honestly really grateful for that because at that point, it was not something I really like focused on at all. And I realized mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, you know, my skin is starting to age. So that's when I first recognized the benefits of skincare. But my passion for cosmetics really started when one day I got a sunburn at the beach. I wasn't wearing sunscreen. So <laughs> it was an entirely different situation now. How the times have changed. <laughs> I know me bringing five sunscreens to the beach. <laughs> so I got sunburned and uh, I had an important meeting the next day and I saw that there was a Sephora by where I was and I wasn't sure what to feel going in because in the environment I was raised in, I didn't necessarily like think that it wasn't for men. At that point in time, I was struggling to come to terms with my sexuality and I just didn't know how I felt about my own expression and where that fit in terms of things that are generally considered considered to be expressed by specific genders. And so I was a little nervous when I walked into Sephora. I wasn't sure how to feel, but it was such a welcoming environment. They gave me a tinted moisturizer. I went home and when I put on the tinted moisturizer and looked in the mirror, it was the first time in my life I had ever recognized my own beauty. The first time I had ever felt beautiful because my entire life had just been a cycle of just self-loathing and self-hatred. And it was such a beautiful and powerful experience that Honestly, it set into motion everything. I became a makeup artist and then I started getting into skincare, learning about ingredients. And that's really where the passion started and where I developed my YouTube channel from there. I love that. Do you remember the tinted moisturizer that they gave you? Yeah, it was the Bare Minerals tinted moisturizer. Classic. A really good one. We love to see it. We love to see it. So I also want to know, so you were a makeup artist at like a department store, correct? Yeah, so I worked like a luxury department store, uh, Saks Fifth Avenue. And so I kind of like would bounce between multiple counters and just do makeup application. And I didn't necessarily directly sell skincare, but I saw other people selling skincare and some of the products would be like $1,000, $1,500 per product. And I was just absolutely blown away. I grew up on a cattle ranch, so my exposure to luxury anything was very limited. But, you know, I was seeing people spend this amount of money on skincare, which was so much more than makeup. And with really no guarantee from the beginning as to what results they were going to see in their skin. And I was just fascinated by the trust people put in these products. And I was like, what justifies this price point? You know, that's so high. And as soon as I started learning about the ingredients, I was like, oh, I don't think they justify the price point. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, uh, and I wanted to communicate that message. So that's really where I started with YouTube. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so let's go back to your childhood growing up on the cattle ranch. You were one of five children. Before you were in Hawaii, you were um, raised in Arizona in a Mormon family. You know, Kirby and I actually, funny enough, we've interviewed so many beauty experts on Los Angeles who were raised Mormon. Really? Yeah. Do you feel like 
this has played into your career at all or, you know, maybe why it is that so many successful, not just beauty experts, but just successful people are raised Mormon, like how your religion plays into that? You know, it is interesting how many times I've connected with people in the industry or just celebrities or, you know, on a private note that will tell me I was also raised Mormon. It really blows me away because it is such a small denomination in relation to all the other churches out there. Here's the thing I think when it comes to Mormonism, the entire basis of the church is founded on being very active members. When you're a part of the church, it's not a passive thing where you go to church for Easter or something like that. You have to be a very active member, showing up every Sunday, going to meetings and events, youth group and all this stuff throughout the week. If you've heard of the temple attendance, there's just lots of elements that require a lot. And so I think it does create a level of passion that people have. And it's a a lot of times a constant pursuit of like learning more about your faith, learning more about your religion and everything. And I mean, everyone has different experiences with religion. My personal experience because of the environment that I was in, both community and family wise, it it just really was not healthy at all. It was just a very unhealthy relationship with religion and used to justify, you know, prejudice and hatred rather than being loving and accepting. And I think Mm -hmm. the thing is when you are in, at least I can only speak for myself. When I was in that position, it just felt like I was trapped. I felt like I was never going to be able to get out. You're constantly having this fear hanging over your head that if I mess up, if I do something wrong, then I'm going to be a bad person and I'm not going to be able to get into heaven. Like all these things that the church may not directly state, but it creates a byproduct of these emotions and these feelings. And so it's just kind of constantly living in this miserable attitude of like always being afraid to pursue what you want and that everything has to be through God first and everything has to be what the church wants you to do. And so I think when people are able to leave that mentality, which is a very difficult thing to do, when they are able to leave that mentality, I think it just reinvigorates you for life. I think because you're able to say like, wow, I'm no longer, you know, held back the limitations and expectations of the church, I can truly do whatever I want to. And maybe this is a good thing because the church requires a very active level of membership. I wouldn't be surprised if it did create this overall attitude of just fully 100% of your energy pursuing something with passion because that's the attitude towards religion growing up. So that may have totally impacted me. I think more than anything, once I was able to leave the church, it was the most liberating thing ever because I never wanted to be a part of it ever since I was little. I never enjoyed it. So it was always just this thing holding me back. And as soon as I left, I just felt like I had the whole world open to me and I just could pursue anything. And I wanted to put hundred percent of my energy into it. So it ended up channeling into this, but I truthfully, I don't know why there's that pattern because I've seen it a lot too. It's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, we just find it so interesting. I mean, Jen Atkin, such a popular hairstylist. She was raised Mormon. There are so many celebrity Mm -hmm. hairstylists that were raised Mormon. Justin Anderson, Bryce Scarlett. You've talked about this before, being raised Mormon and your relationship with it now. So first of all, thank you for sharing that with everybody. But I think it's such an interesting connection because this kind of leads to another question that we have coming up. During the beginning of the pandemic, you were posting five to six times a week on YouTube, okay? And that doesn't even include TikTok and all of the other social mediums that you were catering to at that time. And I just think about this and I'm like, that is crazy. I mean, like that is fully producing 
a show uh-huh. almost every day of the week and then doing teasers and clip outs and just other random things that you want to do to promote your content, <laughs> right? So I think when you talk about the Mormon lifestyle of being like so in it, it mm-hmm. really is a lifestyle of going regularly. You're not just going once a week. You're not just going for mm-hmm. holidays. You're like really immersed in it. Yeah, I kind of have to see the parallel between that and then your work ethic. You are going balls to the wall essentially <laughs> to put yourself out there and it kind of reminds me a little bit Hiram I'm not sure if you have spoken to Tati Westbrook or not I haven't I would love to I feel like you two would have such an interesting connection because at the beginning of her career she was posting like I think seven days a week or something yeah and it gets exhausting and so I guess this next question is how do you decompress (laughs) are you ever not thinking about working I just would love to know what your mindset is like at any given moment thank you that's such a good question you're absolutely right at the beginning of the pandemic I was just focused on creating as much content as possible because you know we're all at home the only stimuli that we're seeing is that people are dying and everyone's sick and all this awful stuff is happening. It's really easy to like get depressed. And I wanted to create content that was just temporary distraction. And at that point in time, I didn't have anyone on my team. I didn't have any editors or anything. like that. I was just doing everything myself. And so five to six videos a week, I mean, per video, it's usually about 10 hours of work. So, yeah. and I think I was doing three to four TikToks a day. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of work. And at that point in time, I think I had a perspective of, I'm so lucky that this is my job and I love what I do. And so I don't mind spending every single hour of the day doing it. I don't mind, you know, night after night after night, you know, getting three hours of sleep, pulling all-nighters regularly. I love it because it's my job. And I've always been the type of person who's a workaholic. I just always love to just deep dive into so many different passions and projects. But, you know, it's not sustainable as much as I think we as content creators want to believe it's sustainable. Uh, It's just not. You can't create that much content consistently and still have really good mental health. And the thing was, because I was working all the time, there was no ability to clock out. Whereas with a job, if you go, you know, work someplace and you clock out, you come back home, you know, you're home and you're able to decompress, you're able to de-stress and just get away from that for a certain amount of time, which as humans, we really should have because that's how we should be living. It's the most healthy. And one thing I know a lot of content creators struggle with, as do I, is just never being able to stop thinking about work, just constantly always in work mode. And I think we self-sabotage a little bit because we're like, this is the best job in the world. And we're so lucky to have it. And we have millions of people there to remind us like why it's the best job and the pressure and expectations of everyone who watches that we kind of work ourselves into the grave. And it was the end of last year, 2020, I was pulling three to four all-nighters a week consistently for a few months back to back, just going hardcore, nonstop working 24 seven. And it just kind of like snapped in me. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I really don't know if I can keep this up because I am absolutely exhausted and all of my friendships have suffered. No one invites me to hang out anymore because they know I'm going to say no. I have absolutely no distractions, no free time or anything. And since then, I've really learned how to prioritize myself more and different ways that I can de-stress. So one thing I do, I love going on drives. You know, I live in Hawaii, so the views are beautiful. So I'll always just go on a drive because I'm forced to not look at my phone. If I'm driving, I'm not going to look at my phone because I don't text and drive or anything. And so it forces me to just connect with nature and the outside. And I listen to music and just totally relax. I'll go to the beach. I'll go on a hike. 
oh, and I also hang out, you know, with my close friends now that, you know, quarantine is over, at least in Hawaii. Those types of things bring me so much peace and just really ground me and reminds me is that your job is not the most important thing ever. It's okay to take a break. It's okay if not everything is perfect. What's most important is your mental health. And I think doing those things has been really important because whereas last year this time, if someone invited me to the beach, I would have been like, oh, like maybe in like a month or something like, no, I'm good. But now, you know, even if I'll be in the middle of working a pretty busy day, but I'm stressed out and someone's like, hey, do you want to go to like the beach for an hour? I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I know technically I should keep working, but if I keep that perspective, I'm never going to stop working. So I'll take a break. I'll go de-stress and it'll help to re-energize me for the rest of what I have to do. So I feel like I found a good balance. I'm still working on it. The majority of 2021 has pulling like an all-nighter a week. But it's better than three to four all-nighters a week, <laughs> so it's progress. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah, 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 little by little. And now that, you know, launch is here for my brand, that significantly takes off a big chunk of work. So it's just getting progressively easier. It's just, you know, a good reminder that mental health is the most important thing more than anything else. We need this to be sustainable. Your fans need you to, like, continue creating content for years and years to come, so, like take the breaks, go to the beach. <laughs> exactly. You're not helping anyone by just pushing yourself way too far and overworking yourself and constantly being exhausted. It affects everything in your life, the, the quality of everything that you do and just the quality of your life overall. So yeah, it took me a while to learn it. I'm finally learning that lesson. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Thank you. That being said, you are in very high, high demand, not just from, you know, your fans and people who are watching you, but from brands who are also fans themselves and want to work with you. We're curious how you decide to work with brands. We know, obviously, you're working with the Inky List and you've spoken highly about them in previous videos and you've worked with them doing other kind of sponsored content. Well, first of all, we want to know how many offers a week do you get from like brands like to partner with them? Good question. It just kind of depends over time. It's gotten a little more relaxed compared to last year, which was just crazy blowing up. Let's see. Last year, I would get anywhere from like 150 to 200 offers a week. Oh my Sorry, God. sponsorship offers. Uh, I should clarify. Uh, yeah, a lot. And that's why I say like I accept 1% of the deals I get offered. It's truly mind-blowing to see how many skincare brands are out there and their connection with social media. Those are just the brands that are like, who know me and who want to reach out and who actually do reach out. It's just absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah, so it used to be really, really crazy. Now it's like toned down a little bit. I'm still scooping up my jaw off the floor. Wow. It's wild, right? Kirby and I are, you know, beauty editors by trade and we get pitched brands all the time. I was telling Kirby, like, sometimes my inbox is like, I'll get a hundred pitches from beauty brands a day, but it's not sponsorship opportunities. They're not offering me money. They just are introducing <laughs> me to the brand. So I cannot imagine having to, first of all, just read through those emails <laughs> And yeah. then to decide, that is really, really crazy. So like when you are sifting through those emails and opportunities, what's the criteria? How do you decide? Yeah. So thankfully now I have a team to be able to help kind of like sort through all of it for me, really like pick out the ones. 
that would kind of be good with my brand and what I want to represent. I'd say first and foremost, the ingredient list rules conversation when it comes to choosing who I want to work with to the point that I've provided my management team with a list of ingredients. I'm like, if any of the products that they send over have these ingredients, it's a no-go. Like I'm not interested in working with them, but you know, say they'll present an offer to me. And then I always first look at the ingredient list of all the products, see if it's in line with my personal philosophy. And if it is in line with my philosophy, I'll either purchase the products or they'll send it to me to try. I typically like to try products out for at least a month, but ideally like two months or three months like that. I like to look at what the brand messaging is overall, kind of like what they support. If they're promoting a healthy relationship with skincare and not super unrealistic expectations or a level of ethics that I personally like, like I personally wouldn't work with a skincare brand that's super focused on like, oh, natural DIY type skincare, you know, obviously that would not be in line with my personal philosophy because I, I just don't agree with that on my channel. And if I've liked the products and if the ingredient list looks good, the interaction with the brand looks good, the brand values look good, then I will accept an offer. But usually the ingredient list alone excludes just that like 90% of the deals I'm sent. And it's interesting. I think as a viewer, I think a lot of viewers don't realize like what content creators are faced with. And, you know, it is a little bit of a moral reasoning when you first see all these things coming in, because you really have to identify, okay, what are my ethics? What are my morals? Where am I going to stand when it comes to working with the brand and work, not working with the brand? Because if you wanted to, there's plenty of earning potential, you know, and a lot, lot of opportunity to make a good income from it. And you really have to decide, like, am I going to stick with the standards that I've set and communicated to my audience? Or am I not? And one thing I'm really grateful for is, you know, on my channel, I always say ingredients don't lie. I'm constantly talking about ingredient lists, not only as a way to help educate my audience, but it's also turned it away for them to almost hold me accountable if I ever were to support a product that is not in line with my personal philosophy. Like, I obviously haven't considered that, but it's a good comfort knowing in the future, like, okay, I could really keep myself in check and my audience can keep me in check because if I were to say, I love this product and it has an ingredient that I absolutely hate, they would call me out in a second. And it's really nice knowing that. And I think it's created a relationship of trust between my audience. It's really, really cool. So I do as much as I can. And I think if anything, if my support can be channeled towards products that are increasingly accessible to people who have sensitive skin or skin types or um, different concerns that usually products don't speak to. And that sponsorship can, you know, boost the conversation around creating more products like that, then that's a way I want to contribute to the industry. So that's kind of my overall perspective. We love to hear that. I'm curious, have you ever been offered an obscene amount of money, you're going into a sponsorship because obviously brands have these marketing criteria that they want their content creators to emphasize. Have you ever been in discussions and then you're like, yeah, no, this isn't going to fly with me. And if so, what was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak? Oh, yeah. There was this one brand who sent me an offer and it was the biggest offer I've ever been sent, you know, life-changing type offer. And it was for a sponsored content. And there's some products that I really do love from the brand, but other products that I'm not really a fan of. And I looked at the overall kind of like conversation in my comment section surrounding this specific brand, and it just didn't resonate with my audience at all. And I'm like, look, you know, even though 
I'm okay with some of the products and I like some of the formulas, my audience doesn't. And if I were to you talk about this or promote it, my audience would not be happy. So I had to pull out of that deal, which I'm sure my management team was crying. <laughs> They're just like, no, because it was a very, very, very big deal. But you know, to me, it's worth it. It's not worth it to take on deals or partnerships with companies that don't emulate your standards. Trust is the most important thing when it comes to developing a healthy relationship with your audience. So if you break that trust, I'm sure as a viewer, the worst feeling ever. And that's honestly why I'm so glad I've been able to partner with the Inky List on a bigger front, because uh, even as I started developing my brand, I was faced with the question of like, if you could partner with one brand, like which one would you? And although I've worked with so many brands and I love them, partnering is very different. And honestly, the only brand that came to mind was the Inky List, you know, and, and who knows if that would have happened had we not had prior communication surrounding, you know, doing sponsored posts and, you know, like uh, them thanking me for talking about the brand, you know, all those things. So it leads to good things, having good standards. And I'm really, really grateful for it. Sarah and I, we are huge fans of the Inky List. Their oat cleansing balm is like an Ooh, all-time yes. fave for me. And I am not normally a balm girl, so that's how <laughs> <Okay>. you know <laughs> that it's a good product. How did that come together? Because I imagine you probably also were thinking, okay, do I launch a brand? Just Hiram. No partnership with another skincare brand. Like, How did you ultimately decide, no, this is what needs to happen. I feel comfortable moving forward in this way. And I feel like this is the best route for my first foray into skincare. So actually, funny enough, I had been working on my brand for eight months before I decided to partner with the Inky List. It was something that I wanted to do, not necessarily that I felt like I needed to do it on my own. I just didn't think that any brand I could think of at that point in time when I started had the values or ethics that I was comfortable with to partner with at that capacity. Social change is at the forefront of my brand and I needed assurance. I needed to know that that would not be compromised, that social change would be at the forefront and not just shift to the side as a corporate social responsibility initiative. It needed to be everything of what the brand was about and very forward facing. And truthfully, when I came up with the concept of selfless and I said, you know, I want the social impact to be at the front of every single product. I want it to be the main messaging. I didn't really think anyone would be interested in that. And the turn of events was really funny because I had already had a relationship with Mark and Colette, founders of the Inky List. And, you know, I love the brand for way longer when my team had asked me like if you were to partner with one company who would be partner with and you know I had thought wow the inky list is really the only one that comes to mind and this is after I'd had other bigger brands want to partner with me to launch my own brand my team told me they're like you know sit down with Mark and Colette have a call with them see what they have in mind because they might be interested in doing something you know bigger with you and I was like perfect you know because I, I'm open to hearing anything. And this was literally right on the day that I was supposed to order all the packaging units for my own brand and like really, really ramp it up. And I sat down in the call with them and they did a whole presentation saying like, we would love to create a brand with you focused on social change and creating like all the social good with incredible skincare formulas. And they had no idea what I was working on the whole time. They had absolutely no idea. And they're presenting this idea for a brand that was literally 
almost identical to what I had been developing for so long. And that's when I knew it was just a perfect match. I was like, wow, to see that they're dually committed to social change in the way that I am, and that it's not just something to save face, but that it's something that they want to lead with, was a reassurance to me that they were the right people to partner with. And then once we partnered, it was just such a beautiful relationship because there really wasn't any conflict of vision or philosophy. Everything was in line. I mean, obviously creating the brand was not easy, but (laughs) the relationship between Mark and Cola and I was easy. And I think it is a testament to the power that we as the collective can have when focused on helping others. So it's been a journey. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about the social impact you're hoping Selfless has, like who you're working with and if there are proceeds that support certain communities? Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted my skincare brand to have an impact on the most pressing issues facing the world right now. So we decided to start with two different pillars, which is climate change and health equality. And when developing the brand, I wanted to figure out what is the biggest impact that we can possibly make on these issues. So for something like climate change, we explored carbon removal efforts. We explored collecting ocean trash, protecting animal species, all different kinds of things. And we inevitably came to the decision to focus on protecting forests from deforestation through a partnership with Rainforest Trust, which is an incredible organization that works with communities, indigenous people, government leaders to protect and essentially sanction forests around the world to be forever protected from deforestation, which is so impactful on so many different fronts. We call it every green product that you purchase from Selfless will have a direct impact on protecting forests from deforestation. And then for health equality, I figured the most impactful decision, and the team researched it and everything to see like what's really going to have the biggest impact, is to provide people with clean drinking water through a sustainable clean well systems. And this is deeply impactful because lack of access to clean drinking water, first of all, I cannot believe that that's still a problem in this day and age that we still are struggling, you know, around the world to provide people with clean drinking water. It's just unacceptable to me. But also lack of access to clean drinking water affects so many different elements of a community. You know, children aren't able to go to school, Girls and women oftentimes are assigned with trekking miles to collect water. It puts them in danger. It affects the economy of the community negatively. So many different things to where just providing people with clean drinking water can make such a big impact. And so for every blue product purchased, you're providing one person with clean drinking water for one year through our partnership with Thirst Project. So those are the two impacts that we have so far. And I honestly, like when... People ask me like what I'm excited for, for the brand. I am so excited for years down the road to go to these communities where people have been able to get water and meet them and see the impact that's been made and go to forests and rainforests around the world and walk through them and realize like this is here and this is protected because of the work that this brand has done. It's so cool. And that's honestly what I'm most excited for. Okay. And obviously we need to talk about the products. So do you want to give a rundown of everything that Selfless has so far and maybe shout out like your, I know this is like picking a kid, but your favorite. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> of course. Yeah. So I wanted to focus on all the necessary steps of a skincare routine for cleansing, treatment, and moisturizing. So first we have the Centelling Green Tea Daily Gel Cleanser, which that I really wanted to create a cleanser that can be used both morning and night. Hey, there it is. I'm going to be modeling it. It's like we're on QVC <laughs> and I'm like, yep. Yes, Vanna White it. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So that one, I really wanted to make a cleanser that deeply cleanses while still not overly stripping the skin. And it's always been impossible for me to find a cleanser that I can use consistently for a long time, both morning and night without noticing a stripped skin sensation. And so that one does an incredible job of removing dirt and sunscreen without, you know, drying out the skin. And then we have a daytime serum, which is the salicylic acid and seek help pore clearing and oil control serum. That one is, oh man, I love that one because when I created it, I wanted people to be able to get their, you know, daily dose of salicylic acid at a low gentle per, uh, percentage that, you know, gently exfoliates every day in a non-tacky, sticky, heavy formula. So many salicylic acid products I use, there's still this minimal tack. And if you're like me and have really oily skin, not only is it impossible to use a daytime serum because I get so oily, the ingredient salicylic acid that you want to utilize to help control oil and sebum tends to be a little bit heavier. So when developing that product, we made it into an extremely lightweight consistency that feels absolutely invisible on the skin and gives you that like daily maintenance for helping to prevent uh, breakouts and temples. It almost feels like an essence. Right. It's beautiful. It like absorbs really quickly. And like you said, it's not like too thick. I have dry cheeks and I use that product every day and I use it on my entire face. And because of the sea kelp and the ingredients we use, it never dries out the skin. I've never once noticed a stripped or dry sensation on my cheeks. And uh, funny enough, the comment I've gotten from people who have tried it are like, oh, wow, it's lightweight, but like my skin feels hydrated, mm -hmm. which is not something you usually hear with salicylic acid products. So love that one. For nighttime, we have the mandelic acid and rice bran gentle exfoliating serum, which is a combination of ex chemical exfoliants that are maybe not as common on the market as opposed to your glycolic acid or lactic acid. This includes you know, mandelic acid, uh, phytic acid, um, or rice bran. Uh, salicylic acid in this blend that helps to really just work to gently exfoliate your skin overnight, but it's still pretty powerful. And the reason I fell in love with this formula is because I basically put it up to the ultimate test. I oftentimes can't use any skincare products on my neck. I can't even use a lot of times a serum, sometimes not a moisturizer because it's so sensitive. It's just ridiculously sensitive. So I was like, I need to develop a, a chemical exfoliant that's effective, but I can use on my neck. <laughs> that is gentle enough. And uh, this formula is so gentle. I'm able to use it on my neck without any issues, but it still exfoliates pretty well because I also put it up to the test by seeing, okay, if I apply this two times a day, Am I going to see over exfoliation? And sure enough, after two days, I saw over exfoliation. So the formula definitely works and it's a really cool product. We also have the retinol and rainbow algae repair serum, which I probably have to say is my favorite. It's so hard to pick favorites because it's like your children. <laughs> but that one is amazing because I specifically formulated it. The primary concern that I see on my channel, which is concerned with like fading the appearance of hyperpigmentation, dark spots, and acne scars. That's the biggest concern I see. And a lot of times when people think of retinol, they think of the, you know, uh, age repairing benefits. But I, you know, wanted to show people, no, retinol is actually an incredible ingredient for addressing all types of damage and specifically, you know, helping to fade the appearance of hyperpigmentation and dark spots uh, and 
acne scarring. And in combination with rainbow algae, which has amazing data for working similarly in that way to address those types of damage, uh, it's just a, it's a really cool formula. But I think what made me really fall in love with that one was the consistency. I didn't want it to be a liquid, watery consistency because it's so difficult to know mm -hmm how much you're putting on your face and if you're overexposing your skin to the formula. But I also didn't want it in a thick, heavy cream consistency, which you find a lot of times on the market because, you know, as someone with oily skin, I'm like, I want to take advantage of the benefits of retinol without, you know, the crazy rich, heavy moisturizer that's going to suffocate my skin. So it's a great formula that you can use alongside your favorite moisturizer. And with the squalane, it just immediately smooths and moisturizes the skin. I, I love that formula. It's great. <laughs> and then final product, uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> final product is the Niacinamide Maracuja uh, Daily Barrier Support Moisturizer. Uh, that one I love and we were talking about before because it's a gel consistency that focuses on barrier support rather than barrier repair so that you're consistently taking care of the health of your skin every single day without having to use a rich, heavy, thick cream. It's a lightweight gel consistency that feels amazing on the skin. I'm getting light and bright vibes from all of the products. Light and bright. Yes. Light and bright. <laughs> Love it. Kirby, wouldn't you agree? Like all of the ingredient combinations, like it feels so innovative and exciting and new. We all get pitched so many uh, skincare products and they all sort of feel like they all saw the trend of this one ingredient and then they, everyone just started going hard after that one. And so this really feels like very fun and exciting. And I love the consistency and texture of all the products. And I also love the packaging. Like all of them are like super like travel friendly, portable. You can just toss in your bag with yes. the exception of maybe the cleanser. But I just feel like it just seems like you said, Kirby, very bright, light and easy, very effortless. Good. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, like with the packaging and I mean, basically everything, it was fully done with the sustainability in mind saying like what has the least negative impact possible um, entirely on the planet. And we ended up with that type of packaging, which uh, increases the chance of recyclability to its maximum. It turns out that it's just really cool to use and you can dose the formulas correctly and everything. You don't have to dip your fingers in formulas. I'm glad you like it. Honestly, it's something I've worked so, so, so hard on. And all of this has only been possible with the Inky List. They have been an incredible support system every single step of the way. And Sephora too. Like Sephora has just been absolutely amazing in making this brand launch massive and also their shared vision and belief in the philosophy. So thank you. It really means a lot to hear the things that you're saying, because it's just, you know, watching your babies come to life and especially in, you know, a space like social media where it's really tricky to bring something new and innovative and something that's going to appeal to every single person. It's hard. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's Speed round time. Ooh, Imagine okay. like game show music. We we call this speed We're round, still coming up but with it's name. not a speed round. You mentioned this earlier, but if there was one ingredient you had to avoid all the time and you can only pick one, what would that ingredient be and why? Ooh, wow. I'll say the ingredient, but it's a little bit complex. I'd say denatured alcohol um, because mm -hmm. my skin is sensitive to it in high concentrations. But in low concentrations, I'm okay with it. But just in general, I'd say like I, it doesn't need to be in a formula. Okay. Who is your favorite content creator to watch? Probably Emma Chamberlain. Probably. I'm not sure. Oh my God. Good. We love Emma. Oh, love her. And the sweetest person. 
just a reminder, y'all, we have our episode with Emma. So after you listen to this, go listen to Emma's episode. You did? I know. Oh my God. Yes. How did I miss that? That's amazing. I'm literally going to go listen to it. After it was this. amazing. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Oh, we were like, you're the coolest person ever. This one might be hard, Hiram, but you have been immersed in TikTok. So I have a feeling you might have a good answer for this. What's the worst piece of beauty advice you have heard on TikTok? Oh man, there's so much that I have seen. Probably I'd say like using alcohol as a toner, like the straight up alcohol bottles. I've seen that recommended so many times and I have no idea why. I mean, I know why, because it like gets rid of the oil on your face. It's really like satisfying. I've seen it on TikTok so many times. Uh, Here in Hawaii, a lot of my friends like grew up doing it. It just blows my mind that people will apply straight up alcohol to their face and call it skincare. <laughs> Are y'all familiar with, she's a internet reporter, Taylor Lorenz. She works for the New York Times. Things went off the rails on Twitter because she posted something to the effect of, so I've been using just straight up isopropyl alcohol on my face as a toner for like literally a decade what do I do? Is this okay? And I mean, everyone was, they were like, wait, are you actually serious? And I know that in professional settings to clean the skin before some intense treatments, they will rub a little bit on there, but I've always been advised by the professional don't do this at home. (laughs) So there's a big difference between a professional doing it and knowing what they're doing versus you just kind of reaching in the kitchen cabinet, the medicine cabinet, and just going to town. <laughs> I feel like your skin barrier would be just a mess. Yeah. A mess. Oh, man. So bad. We need to send Taylor around some of the moisturizer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Okay. What is a show, TV show, Netflix show that you watch to sort of like put yourself at ease? Ooh, good question. I don't watch too many TV shows, to be honest. I'd probably say Gossip Girl. I've watched that show like three times over. And I think it's just nice because you can kind of start from anywhere and just, and because I've watched it so many times, I know I can work at the same time while it's just kind of like going in the background. I love Gossip Girl. I'm also excited about the reboot that they're doing. Oh, I was going to ask. I was going to say the reboot looks really good, it actually. Looks so good. The, the people they chose for the characters, I'm like, oh, this is this looks awesome. And I'm glad that Kristen Bell's returning as the voice. I know. It's so great. (laughs) Okay, Hiram, this is our last question. You have moved to LA, although I did see your pinned comment on your most recent video. And you were like, I would rather go back in the closet than move to LA. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, we understand. We understand. We love LA, but like, we get it. I can't believe it. <laughs> it's not for, it's not oh, for everyone, no. but we'd love, we'd love you to come visit. <laughs> yeah. Come visit just for a few days. So anyways, you've quote unquote moved to LA. You are a famous Hollywood actor and you have a blockbuster hit on your hands. Who is your co-star in said movie? Oh, honestly, Emma Watson. <gasps> Oh, I love Emma Watson. I just love her because I feel like she took what is a very successful career and is now doing so much like global social good work and humanitarian work, United Nations work. She's using her platform for good. She seems so grounded and just like a great person. Um, I would love 
love to be co-stars to Emma Watson in my dreams. <laughs> Hiram, thank you so much for spending um, this time with us today. We know it was early your time to get up <laughs> and do a Zoom, but we're so, so appreciative. Congratulations on the launch. I cannot wait to try these products. I know that they're going to be awesome, especially having somebody like you as, you know, working alongside the Inky List. We're just super grateful for you. Is there something you want to shout out right now or where would you suggest people go to find Selfless? Thank you guys so much first and foremost for having me on. Um, your energy is awesome. I, I love chatting with you guys. It's, it's great. Yeah, I mean, if you want to learn more about Selfless by Harm, you can go to selflessbyharm.com where we deep dive into all the information about the ingredients and social impact and Selfless by Harm will be launching at Sephora globally in 29 countries on June 24th. So if you want to get your hands on those, it's available there. But to, to learn more, you can just go to um, the website. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Los Angeles. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.